You're listening to The People's Pitch, the official podcast of Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by Football Stadium Prince. Let's start the show. And as I talked about just a couple minutes ago, as Joe Watt stands over this one, he appears to be the one taking the penalty here. Uh, this is a huge confidence booster if you're a Duluth. Worst Mr. case Elder scenario for City right more. here. And it stopped! Yes! And it stopped! Totally Matt Elder! <laughs> Matt Elder redeeming himself! Oliver with the right foot. The shot is... Oh! Oliver! And Justin Oliver will break the scoreless tie. And it is 1-0 Minneapolis City. It's Hutton now on the offense with the left foot. And oh, oh, it is now 2-0 Minneapolis oh, yes. City. Good finish. Nick Hutton taking his quick victory lap. This is your official podcast of Baby Steps. It is the People's Pitch, the official podcast of your Minneapolis City SC. As always, I am Nate, joined with me, as always, by John Bisworm. And John, we broke the duck, as they say. Two goals, one point. The unexplored realms of the USL2 season have been breached. Uh, We're going to talk about that this week and more. Uh, Nate, I... I know probably, I know you're speaking English, but I understand probably like a third of what you said. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in, a, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you, John. The, uh, the soccer season has already caught up to me. There's a lot of soccer to watch. And that means that uh, sometimes you got to go to a Minnesota United game and have a couple beers before you podcast. So this is going to be a, a wild ride tonight. Uh, is this going to go go right next to the shelf where no. the uh, the, <laughs> the secret the secret unpublished, the secret unpublished John <laughs> yeah where I, I I got loaded at a no, neighborhood no, Christmas party? Or is that not gonna be the one? <laughs> not even close. Not even close. Yeah, okay. Well, that that one's sitting up there collecting dust by itself. Something needs to join it. So maybe maybe I'll, I'll catch you on, the, on another time. Sometimes the ability to self edit just goes out the window and that's okay match week two is in the books john we got a little bit of ups a little bit of downs to talk about uh upsl tonight on the road to granite city for a table topping tilt we'll talk a little bit about that uh the historically i mean the top two in the npsl north are locking have locked horns and that it's unusually early that that happened but we'll talk about that and the usl2 side like i said takes their first trip on the road to illinois and we got a result. So, John, baby steps fueled by adult bevies. Let's go. I feel like I'm going to be uh, putting this one on my back today. <sighs> no, you're good. The, <laughs> the future side got a match got a match week off due to Valora FC needing the date to take on your old friends, the Milwaukee Bavarians, in the USASA Cup. So it well for uh, Grand City, by the way, they lost that did- one. You mean Valora or Bavaria? Oh, sorry, Valora. Valora lost that one. So yeah, uh, go boys in blue. Good job. <laughs> uh, so uh, our guys had to wait until tonight, today, versus Granite City uh, to to clash up in St. Cloud and John. This match currently in progress, or I guess by now over uh, as we record. So we're gonna have to see if we get any updates before long. But what can you tell us about the Granite City Rocks and how this match? could or could not have gone well this granite city sides uh if you remember is that group that took mc2 to the death in that double overtime uh last season whatever yeah. you call it weird playoff match whatever mm-hmm. that thing was um but 
and they they were quality, man. They were I I thought the best team in the division outside of Minneapolis City. Um, I I honestly think they were probably better than a lot of the NPSL teams last year uh, that that we faced. But um, this group, um, you know, it, it, in my opinion, I feel is is probably one of the top three uh, coming in alongside the likes of, you know, hopefully us, uh, the Valores of the world and, uh, and, um, and themselves. Uh, but with, uh, with the loss of two of their top tier players uh, uh, who have moved on to our senior group at, at Minneapolis city and Hakeem Senna and Miguel uh, Aleriano, who, uh, who made the jump after last season over to us, um, they have retooled and are once again in the top half of the division um, somehow they played four games. Uh, and I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. We I'll talked just... about that last week. Like how are teams playing three games before the season even starts for most other teams? I, I don't know, but they sit in fourth place at two wins and two losses. Um, their setup is relatively the same as last year. I, like I mentioned, um, two key losses. I think there was another key loss in there, but I, I can't remember the guy's name, um, who, uh, who no longer plays with them. Um, but they have some key additions, uh, from St. Cloud state. Uh, as well as uh, soon-to-be Division One player Andrew Holmes, which is the son of St. Cloud State head coach Sean Holmes, who's a really quality prep player uh, in that area. Um, and, and until we get the full updates in this one, uh, I'm just waiting for him, as, and we'll, we'll we'll definitely get him before the end of the show here. It's just a matter of when. Um, mm-hmm. All we know is that the murder is, has, has set up a strong squad minus a big piece who was not able to make the trip in uh, defensive linchpin, Nick Kent. Uh, he's here. He's there. He's every fucking where, except for <laughs> cloud, uh, Nick Kent, but uh, with some key inclusions that are coming this, uh, with, <laughs> you like that? Like that was good. That one in? Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are some key inclusions. They didn't want to note. So some, some of the college boys are back. So uh, Johnny bear back from, uh, from Iowa after his first, uh, first year at upper Iowa university, Landon Atkins and goalkeeper, Evan Siefkin, uh, along with, uh, talisman Louis Masanvi, who we all know. Um, so they're well set, set up to try to snag some road points, I think. I think the thing that, that stands out to me about what you just talked about is that consistency is going to be a big, a big differentiator in this UPSL Midwest West division, right? Like mm-hmm. you're, we know we've seen firsthand that Granite city is a quality side, but still two wins, two losses. And there's not, as we know, like amazing talent in the UPSL uh, Midwest West. Like you're going to get teams on good days. You're going to get teams on bad days. But if last year's season with the futures or with the, uh, with MC two is any indicator, like usually you're going to get a bad day. Usually you're going to get, usually you're going to get a team that shows up and they don't have a printed out roster or that shows up, but they don't have a, a goalkeeper or a goalkeeper backup or a goalkeeper coach. You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, it's, it's funny that one of the top teams in the, in the division already has two losses that bodes well for mm-hmm. the futures in the UPSL. Um, interested to hear how this game unfolds. We're going to hear yeah, more about too. it probably as we, as we record uh, checking my phone, maybe we're going to get some results, but uh, next up, if you're interested in, in what's next, next up for the crows, is a trip to Rochester. We're going to play Rochester FC uh, at 7 p.m. on Saturday, May 21st, unless something super UPSL comes up and then <laughs> you can't, someone's ponytail scrunchie gets stuck in their hair or something like that. And this one also gets moved. So whatever. Um, hopefully, potentially next Saturday, there's going to be three or two or three Minneapolis City games, two Minneapolis City games 
uh, next Saturday, one in Rochester and one uh, one away in where? Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Oh, you'll be there. You'll be yep. there. Speaking of that match, uh, <laughs> a match that many circle as the early decider of who might be the top dog in the North Conference, uh, the Crows took an early trip up I-35 to face the retooled Duluth FC, fresh off taking apart Joy Athletic to the tune of 6 nothing in a match, John, that showed that this side, Duluth, I mean, has has comes and means business. Like, I don't know, you've, you've watched it a couple times. I watched it the night of, put it on pause, watched it after I went and watched Doctor Strange. Like, let's let's talk to the people about how this match went. Well, this one did not go the way of the Crows. No. Um, they, they had hoped, considering the last time they went to people, people our public school stadium, uh, the, the people's stadium, um, <laughs> to win the conference by a scoreline of 6-1, to one, as the home side came away with a 2-0 victory uh, in this match on the back of goals by, uh, by midfielder Felipe Oliveira early in the first half. Uh, ninth minute to be exact, Nate, off of a turnover uh, by the city backline. Um, and the coaching staff told me, and I went back and looked at it, um, you know, and obviously you, you can't go back and complain and overturn something, right? But it did look like um, Matt Mirakami was fouled from. Oh, uh, dude, it absolutely was. Like watching it on the Garbage 11 YouTube stream or whatever, like that was exactly what I thought. Like they just pushed that dude down, took the ball off him, and went and scored. Yeah, but then as a result of that, Duluth, you know, did what they do best, sprung a dangerous counterattack. And, it, uh, and we saw that in the joy match, like high pressure, um, high pressure, create turnovers in the, in the, in the offensive third uh, or the opponent's defensive third, and then just capitalize on it. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I thought Troy did his best to come out and try to try to cover that one, you know, but he's only, he's only so big. Can't cover the whole goal. Um, and honestly, Nate, for me, from that moment, Duluth was on the gas and never mm-hmm. let up in, 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 in all the way through into intermission. Yeah, you made an interesting point earlier too when you when you <laughs> reminded us that the uh, the six one victory last season came close to the end of the season, and mm-hmm. it felt like every Duluth game over the last couple seasons has been like delayed until the last couple games of the season, both home and away. Yeah. So and the first time we faced them in the, fr- in like the first two weeks, I know. Typically, so I'm wondering if maybe, we, do you think they yeah. learned something? Do they think they figured something out where it's like, maybe we're going to try to hit these guys early. No, I think the six, one result, they didn't want anything to fucking do with us at the end of the year. Like that again, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I'm saying is maybe they're like, ah, let's try city early in the season and see yeah, what but they, they tried then. that before. And then we beat them before. So, yeah. and because we, we, we set up earlier than they do. So, I mean, I don't think that I don't think anything was like learned there, but I can tell you they were far more prepared than they were in previous years this early on, or even the first time we fa- we faced them for yeah. sure. I thought John, they looked really speedy and dangerous. And yeah, they got some. They, they got some speed, especially on the wings. They gave our defense. They, they gave our defenseman fits, and then when you think about like Chuck gathers a yellow early, he gets a back injury in the first half. You can tell <laughs> he's, he's limping around. Like just grabbing his bag. I mean, <laughs> he's the guy that you put in there to like take the Duluth punishment, and they gave it to him. I'll tell you what. Oh, oh yeah, but he played the full ninety. Yeah, didn't he? yeah. So like he had 
He absorbed that punishment like a sponge. But it was it was wave after wave of counterattack soccer, which I thought was pretty impressive, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about last show th- what we felt was the key to this match for them. And it was a sound game plan and tactical setup. And that's exactly what we saw. I think Sean, Coach Sean Morgan had his guys set up well to jump on any errant pass that Minneapolis City had, find their nine or their 10 quickly, um, as we've already noted on the show here tonight, get numbers forward and then just like pepper, barrage, like be a pest constantly. Um, and that was able to cause the imbalance in the, the possession focused style that City wants to play, where they want to lull you to sleep a little bit, try to move some chess pieces around, then attack. Um, this was the perfect way to set up against it, to be honest with you. And um, didn't afford us really much going forward. I think what it did was it, it stretched us from line to line. So we are, mm-hmm. our defenders and midfielders maybe were connected, but our four, our strikers and our, our wingers weren't or our defenders were left on an island and the midfielders and strikers were stretched and they were just filling in those gaps constantly and, and pushing up, which is what I wish we would have done against uh, the Des Moines menace, to be honest with you. Um, And they, so they did, they did it to us. So they definitely did their homework. Um, I I thought it was the way to set up and it worked well for them in the first half and then on into the second half, to be honest. Yeah. And that second half, it started pretty much the same after a set of subs for each side. It was a uh, Duluth again, that got on the front foot, another counterattack goal. And John, the guy that scored is a former crow. And I remember last, last season off, off air on the pod, you were like, Oh, this guy's coming to practice. We're super excited. He's going to train with us. He's living with his girlfriend, Neen Prairie. Here we go. And then, and he then never, never was able never, to feature, never like, showed trained, up, never was able to play. I was like, God damn it. Now you so, see why. Yep. So Sam Thornton, <laughs> so Sam Thornton shows up for Duluth uh, in the 49th minute, scoring a goal, uh, two nothing, another early half goal. What what went down with that one? It was the same same shit. Different different time on the clock, man. Um, bad giveaway uh, that Duluth jumped on. Long ball forward to Thornton, who I went back and looked at it again because uh, the coaching staff also mentioned like that was totally a foul too, and and Thornton went through the back of Mirakami twice. And knocked him <laughs> over. Um, I mean, Sam Thornton's a big dude. Like, and he's very physical, which is why I wish we would have had him last year. Um, but he 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 ran through the back of Matt twice. Like the first time Matt bounced off of him, and the second time he just pounded him into the turf. Um, and but you know, it, that's what happens. Uh, went uncalled, and he calmly buried it in the corner. And at that point, it was for me over for City. Um, they yeah. did, we did have bouts of possession that looked like we might be able to unlock something. Uh, we had to move Lionel Vang more into a midfield role, like an attacking 10. Um, then he was getting drawn out. We brought in Hutton, um, like just like what we did was, it wasn't like too little too late, to be honest with you. It was just like the damage was already, was already done and they weren't letting up. So the, even the changes we made uh, personnel wise didn't cover the fact that we just weren't playing good soccer and they mm-hmm. were, and they were. Um, and, you know, like I said, it was pretty much over at, at that point. Um, they lacked that sense of urgency or willingness to get urgent again, Nate. So, and that's similar to what we saw with the USL two group when they played the menace, like I just mentioned um, like the, there was no, like, 
like we we were it was almost like we just wanted to continue death by a thousand paper cuts and keep the ball when i'm screaming at the, the game at like 11 30 at night in my garage so no one hears me like it's fucking two zero get forward like what the fuck are we doing so so to me it, it, it was the same thing that happened with the menace it's like it, it's kind of maddening like like you don't have to get reckless but the sense of urgency to like maybe sideways backwards isn't the best for the for like when you're down two goals for the whole entire time like Mm -hmm. it's okay to get more direct and that to me is like just a player self-awareness thing like all these guys are smart they but they're also like tied to the playing style that we have which is also a good thing but sometimes you got to just throw the throw it all out the window and just go route one because you need to um so now we're you know we're we're in a little bit of an uphill battle to defend the crown i mean uh, i just look at the score they beat uh they beat the twin stars five nothing tonight even though twin stars went down to 10 men uh shocker that happened um (laughs) but that's that's uh 11 12 13 goals in three games and haven't given up any it's pretty good that's very good so they they've they've sent the warning shot three times now to us and if that's not an indicator of get your shit together for our group then i don't really know what is Nate. yeah well john uh not a lot not a lot to show for a zero goal performance but there have to be potentially some standout performers somebody that somebody that felt like they showed up and were ready to play duluth and who would that be well, this one was tough for me. <laughs> if I'm being totally honest. Uh, well, I, I mean, Matt- hold on before before you get into it. Like, we yeah. looked at this roster last week before the game. And we were like, "All right, veteran guys. These are guys that that know how to that know how Duluth plays. Yeah, good mix of they youth, understand like- the NPSL. Like, they get yeah. it. Like, they know what Duluth is going to throw at us. And they're these are the guys that could that could stand up to that. But oh well. So, uh, I, like I said, I thought about this one pretty hard because I'm always yelled at for being negative. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Murakami battled hard the whole game. I thought he was out of position playing um, as a center back, um, even though he's a center midfielder by trade and we, we deploy him out wide. He's a fantastic outside defender. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he did great playing center back, considering it's not his full-time position. Um but I honestly want to say nobody because I thought that we didn't play great. Um, I thought that there was, there was just a lot of things that, that can compounded on top of each other that just made this worse for us. Um, outside of the fact that they were, they played well, like the yeah. other team played well. Um, so I don't have a standout performer. If I have, if I have to give one, it's Murakami. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is my, my, my subtle uh, hint to everyone like you you kind of got to show up from here on yeah. out um and uh, i think we'll get it together like i was telling you off air i, I went to the training this week guys have gotten it they they, they trained mad um based off of both results we'll get into the um into the usl2 result here um but but the group was unhappy with that one as well so um it's good but you know what to be honest with you in the grand scheme of things it's been a while since we had like true adversity during a season right yeah like yeah like our back to osseo maybe maybe i mean maybe back to the season before that i don't even the season before osseo is when we went undefeated so i don't know if there's a lot of adversity there nate get your facts straight man 
time time is a flat circle john i don't remember anything <laughs> but i mean it's actually good mm-hmm. i think to have adversity and i i i mean i don't know how many people i'm gonna make happy or mad when i say this uh but i don't care um i love i love the fact that duluth came to play this year i i really oh yeah because in in all due respect to them i thought they had fantastic talent for the last four seasons i i honestly felt like they were just mismanaged and they and that was why um and we talked about tactical setup game plan a b and c uh, we never saw them get to B and C though in this match. Um, but I, I love the fact that they came to play, and I hope like I hope that what we talked about was the, the league leveling up this year is is actually true because it makes for better soccer. I mean, even if we lose a game like this one, like it's fine. It's fine to lose soccer games. Like you can't win them all. Nope. Um, so I, I'm I'm excited about the rest of the season, but on the other side of the coin, I'm also nervous about uh defending a title because yeah. we have a lot of work to do if, if they've scored 13 goals in three games and we've scored two in uh in two games we really need to show up this weekend in Sioux Falls really really do yeah for sure and John we said this we've said this early uh as we were kind of previewing the NPSL season and potentially the roster that defending is a depth problem and when you see like Murakami who like you said midfielder by trade he's been super successful out on the uh, out on the uh, defensive defensive wing getting moved to center back like uh is that really where we is that well, really where we need him <laughs> honestly the 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 problem wasn't depth honestly it was just guys that couldn't make things uh sure. like there was college graduations last weekend mm-hmm. so like you're getting guys in like 3 days late um because of graduation or leaving to go get to go like get their diploma it's like yep that's something you can miss soccer for you know yeah. like so and like uh, didn't have tyler david in the usl2 setup so like there was trickle down effect but it wasn't necessarily a depth problem like we have the depth it just was like a bad weekend problem mm-hmm. but Murakami the, did well i thought that's great the other thing we we talked about is that we as fans also in this new like three tier three league season need to be ready to lose because we've already seen that with usl2 like meh, we're playing a really good we're playing a really good league mm-hmm. like higher level than anything we've ever played before um and then that means that like you said trickle down we might not have all of the talent available all the time to dominate the npsl and that yep. means back to the days of actual competitive soccer within our division on all levels which is <laughs> hard to remember how that works well don't get me wrong i mean my 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 five five zero uh, uh, what I what I do after a five zero victory is I stop at the Taco Bell by my house and, and I only eat Taco Bell when Minneapolis City wins five nothing and I get the five dollar box and it's kind of my it's kind of my favorite summer tradition and uh, I'd like to see that again but also I, I don't mind competitive soccer. <laughs> <laughs> well, next up, John, for, for Minneapolis City in the NPSL is uh, what is forever going to be a trap game for this club. It it's a match that is always a hard one on the Crows. It's a trip to Sioux Falls to face the Sioux Falls Thunder Saturday, May 21st at 7 p.m. Uh, stream info will likely never come <laughs> because it's Sioux Falls. But uh, stay tuned to Twitter for updates. Maybe we'll get surprised. But we're at a um, we're at a uh, a different location 
I think this time. Yeah. I think we're Hopefully at we're at a high the... school, so maybe they have the internet's there instead of being out in the middle, literally the middle of nowhere. Um, <laughs> so I don't know, maybe, maybe. Yeah. But Nate, John, breaking news. Uh, before we move on to the last match of the week for the club, I just got word that we have an update from St. Cloud. The Futures boys went up there, and not only did they grab three points, but they slotted six goals past Granite City without giving up any for the clean sheet. So, well done. Well done, young gentlemen. Wow. Uh, the goals came from, uh, this is going to be a shocker, uh, part of it's a shocker, Luik. <laughs> Uh, but he scored four of them. That's the shocking wow. part. Uh, Johnny Bear, who I mentioned was a, a, a key addition coming back from college. Uh, and then our old friend from the Karen FA, Moo 2, uh, nice. grabbed, grabbed one. So I got some uh, – I was able to, to, to respond back uh, to the coaching staff with uh, some questions. And uh, the main points on this one were uh, Louis got the first half hat trick, which I believe is a Minneapolis City – upsl record i want to mm-hmm. say i don't know did uh did the did the old man or the schwarzenegger uh did they get a hat trick in a in a in a half john i'm gonna say yasik might have done it oh didn't think about that wild card yasik mm-hmm. who by the way it... is growing a sweet mullet <laughs> <laughs> saw him last night and i was like dude that's some cool that's some killer flow right there i'll take a look um, i'll take a look this is this is breaking news so of course i, I know he's had a hat trick in front of me I but i y- think it was yasik in one half but i was it in a first half yeah okay well yeah you're you're our upsl historian so you're gonna have to double check that one for me <laughs> um so all the here's another talking point all of the assists in the first half came from what I was told was a dominant central midfield performance. So uh, midfielders, Parker Flynn, Duraj Bissett, and Johnny bear all had assists with Parker Flynn dropping in two uh, in the first half. So uh, you, you, you didn't see Parker Flynn in, uh, mm-hmm. in the last match, but um, you did see Duraj. Dur- uh, you you saw Johnny Bear last year. Uh, Parker was a member of my uh, my Riverside Rovers team in the the Futures Winter Winter League. He's a Minnetonka native, going to uh, Gustavus. Um, so that midfield we talked about last week, that midfield three was where a lot of the issues were. Remember, we talked about how like the extra the extra touch that works in youth soccer doesn't work in in at this level, and where the the battle we lost the Brooklyn Knights was centrally. Uh, in the midfield and we need sure. to clean that up. Well, it sounds like they cleaned it up and these three guys, uh, Flynn and, and bear stepping in, but Bissett, who didn't start last week gets to start this week. They dropped four dimes in the first half, three of them <laughs> going to the week. So there we go. Good, good work boys. And then the last talking point was Evan Seifkin and net making his first appearance. Didn't have a whole lot to do. Um, but there were a few in, uh, instances where he was put to the test, warded off those chances, and kept the Crows clean thus far in two matches, two league matches. So if I'm looking, I pulled up the standings here. It takes me four hours to find our standing. That's just bookmark it because their <laughs> website's awful. Um, so we're, what we're so Grand City was sitting on six points in fourth place after now after four games. Um, we were sitting at seventh with three points, but our goal differential, we are the only team at, uh, thus far to not give up a goal. So our goal differential is plus seven, which would put us on points right now, regardless of how many games played in third place. 
and uh, is it Abusa FC? Abuesa? How do yeah, Abusa. Sure. You want me to tell you how many games they played? Like they, seven. They have played five games. <laughs> And they're they're sitting in tenth place um, with four four losses and a and a draw, um, but they do they've played five games. What the fuck? That's so many <laughs> games already. Us and Turbo have each played one, and FC Minneapolis has two. Everybody else has played at least three. So UPSL doing UPSL things, man. But anyways, good on you, young gentlemen in the futures program. Nice. Going Great breaking on the road, news. Yeah, going on the road in a, a in a game that could potentially be a difference maker later on. They got some tough teams they got to face here, but that's a that's a great one to see on the road early. And well done, Malik. We know you can score goals, but you know maybe leave some for the other kids. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, maybe uh, maybe travel and help another team like this USL two team who. It, it seemed needed some goals until a key player that you and I have always been very excited about stepped up. Yep, absolutely. So the new adventure into the USL two rolled on again, Nate, last weekend in our first road match in the league as we took on another new team to enter the fray, Peoria City SC. Uh, I, I just call them PC. So P, we took on PC um, in the only plan. Okay, this is this is definitely key here. This is the only currently planned weekend where the club senior sides play on the same day that's good so unless we get into like a rescheduling or anything like that so um two teams two different directions true test is that alliteration two teams two directions two tests um a, a, a true test to the ability of this club to show that we can make this experiment work and and we saw players being sent to cover in two different directions two different states um, to make sure we had full sides. So can, could we, um, you know, could we make this work, um, you know, with with the big player pool that we have, considering that we didn't have our full roster in, Nate. So great timing, schedule makers. Um, <laughs> but that's the way it went, man. That's the way it went. Yeah, I, I think that... Uh... At least it was Peoria, a team that we didn't know a lot about, a team that we hoped maybe would be of the same experience level as us, pulling some guys back from college early, that sort of thing, right? Like it wasn't like it wasn't like we got Des Moines twice in two weeks, you know. Uh, Speaking of that, uh, meanwhile, like... <laughs> meanwhile, John, by the way, the Canadian teams haven't even played yet, so like this doesn't. I don't feel think super they. Fair. I don't think they exist this year. Like, are I, they I not actually going to happen? Is this just like blank spots in the? No, I think it's going to happen. But like until I see them, I don't. I don't believe it. <laughs> I don't. I just don't believe it. Like <laughs> they haven't. They haven't played in this league in a year and two years. So yeah, I know they're going to be there because this is not a UPSL thing. <laughs> it just feels like Thunder Bay and Manitoba don't exist. Yeah, uh, it feels very they, strange for now until they exist. Um, but uh, anyways, continue. Uh, as I was saying, uh, this match we saw this match in Peoria unfold in a way. We, we have not seen in some time. We've grown used to maybe little blips on the radar, uh, followed by a handful of goals. But this was City going on the road, facing like adversity, uh, only to have to claw back into things and bring home a crucial road point in a way that could have, <laughs> we could have easily been, we could have easily lost all three points. 
We could have sure. left all three points sure. in, in Illinois. The end result being 2-2. You can check out Kyle's match recap that we posted uh, earlier today on Wednesday. But both goals from the Crows coming from an old familiar face, one of the guys that we've been excited about for this on this team for mm-hmm. going on three, four years now, that is Eli Goldman just getting back into town three days before the match, showing up and deciding he wants to pull Minneapolis, basically just yeah rescue the point single-handedly uh for minneapolis city and god he did what he does best and that score when he's given the chance he went two for two his only shots on target the last week in the 94th minute that's four plus minutes of stoppage time and eli uh equalizes at the death how awesome Right, right. Uh, anything else to add, Nate, before I, I dive into my take? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the only thing to add is, really, John, is like, this game shows us that there, we, re- we really cannot anticipate what we're going to run into in and this USL 2. We have no idea, right? And, like, these guys, they showed up with, like, collegiate players from Notre Dame like multiple Notre Dame players and Notre Dame grads. Like this is not like you said to like you told me last week, like these are not Bradley grads. These are not Bradley college players. These are, these are like serious D one players from one the, of the goal scorers the for one of the goal scorers for, for PC, Peoria city, if you weren't listening before, mm. um, is one of Eli's teammates at New Hampshire. And that's personal computer. Super strong. Yeah. So <laughs> like they, they have that. I'll get into it in my takes. I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to give away too much. But uh, but yeah, they they have legit players. Part of it is part of it to me is like the USL two season for Minneapolis City is very exciting because we don't know what we're getting into, and we hope that the guys that we that we love and that we support can rise to the occasion. Um, but also, it's like very nerve wracking because <laughs> what if they can't? Mm-hmm. And, and so well, this game was very validating to be like, oh, good, we can score. Well, Nate, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little more optimistic than, than, <laughs> than your last statement. We showed we can play with the best team in the country. That's that's paper, true. That's right? true. In our first ever game. So yep. like, like, yeah, there's going to be a bigger test when we have to go on the road and play them there. Uh, we've already done it once this year. We're going to do it again. We already know what to expect in the atmosphere, blah, blah, blah. But um, we are, our whole thing is elevating Minnesota based players. So yeah. there are going to be times, and I don't know how unpopular this statement is going to be, but it is true. There are going to be times where we just aren't good enough because of a down year in talent, whatever it might be. But we're, we're ride or die Minnesota players until we're not, right? Mm-hmm. So, but what we have shown is that these guys are capable of playing up to their competition, but also down to their competition, which has been a city thing for years, right? Um, this isn't my take, take on the game, by the way. This is just your a rebuttal to your statement. Um, I think we're going to be just fine. And I think that the exciting thing in this season to season, USL season, seasons that are, are yet to be played in the future is that how many teams are we going to play where we're going to see the same guy again? Like probably never. Yeah. Maybe, maybe like three, four guys in our whole entire conference. It might be the same. So it's going to be the same shit every single year, which is exciting. And you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That that's what that would make uh, a potential title, uh, a conference title that much sweeter. Right. Like we, we see some turnover in the MPSL, but it's largely like 
when you get into like the Dakota, we're going to see the Haggerty's again the next weekend. Um, you know, we're seeing Tyler Limmer again. <laughs> there's probably some Unless other. He's on Bel- a red card. There's a, probably some <laughs> other Belgiulgi living somewhere in, in Fargo that we're going to see playing for the Fusion at some point. You know what I mean? Like it's it's kind of same shit, different day. They probably say the th- same thing about us as like Aaron Olson and Charlie Adams again. You know, but whatever. Um, <laughs> fuck you <laughs> um but what i'm trying to say is like it's gonna be this way always and i think that's awesome yeah so should i get to my takes yeah get to your <laughs> takes thanks thanks for the thanks for the take on my take now how about yeah, your dude, takes on the game all the takes just <laughs> i'm on the take so first off the first goal for for pc well struck uh but it, that gold ball should never go on the goal um, I think it should have either been dealt with by a defender tracking back. There was kind of like a weird bang, bang play in the corner of the box. I totally get that. But I, I thought that we, we kind of committed guys forward and we didn't get back quick enough. Um, and that guy should have been tracked down. Um, I also thought that, uh, the, the, the goal, our, our goalkeeper on the day, uh, Kalen Metascalco probably could have got a hand on it. It was a weird angle and he, and he kind of went for it, but, um, potentially could have dealt with there. So like, it might not even have been the need to to rescue the draw could have been a dramatic three points that's how razor thin this this new adventure is for us like one simple block shot could have led to three points for us um or them stopping eli in in overtime and it's one one instead of two to one uh whatever um so razor thin margins uh second we didn't melt we actually fought back Thank you, Lord. We actually fought back and we were able to quickly level. How many times in the past have we seen where we go down a goal and it takes like 20 minutes, 25 minutes for us to equalize if we, if we ever equalize, right? Um, like we saw it against Cleveland. Like it took us 40 minutes to score a goal after their, after we were already down uh, and dug into the hole. So they fought back. It was super awesome. Um, and and I, 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 love, I love watching it because we, we fought back we also kept possession, but there, 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 there wasn't, there still wasn't much going forward as, as far as movements concerned outside of Eli, like we pressured as a group and we were able to create an opportunity through our collective pressure, but there wasn't like interchanging of the front three, which someone like me do is, is, is so good at that. And Will Kidd was good at that. Justin mm-hmm. Oliver was good at that. Um, we kind of have, stagnant attack right now where the guys are like it seems like they're like hesitant to switch to switch positions when they shouldn't be and it's actually an, an, an advantage for us to do that so i didn't see that but we fought which is awesome and we fought as a unit got the ball back turnover west lawrence played uh, a, an awesome ball into uh into eli and he did the rest um second goal for pc came about as unlucky as it gets handball in the box um you know a cross hitting an arm uh new man ben hughes uh fresh off of his own like just three days in like eli one training (laughs) session like hey hey man welcome to the squad uh you're starting um so like he himself uh trying to get acclimated i thought before that he did a really good job of inserting himself into that 11 um, getting familiar with Jack Barry quickly um, at the back as far as a partnership goes. Um, it, it, I, I thought he, he did well. That was just an unfortunate thing. Uh, next one, the killer attitude we highlighted after the menace match. 
um, I, I, again, I said it wasn't there until another uh, new guy to the fray, uh, Xavier Zange uh, from the University of Dayton, um, until he was included into the game. And that, to me, was the crucial point, the tipping point into the match. Um, he came in at outside right back. He locked down and won every duel he had. Um, wow. And then he was able to do it while keeping possession of the ball and going at um, outside wingers, outside defenders. And what that did, is it stretched Peoria out. So then that opened up some more room for movement with our front three. They finally like figured it out. Um, they, were, they were moving off the ball better. And then it also freed up our central players in order to get the ball. And that's what led to the goal in the 94th minute. Xavier wins a tackle, gets forward, plays a ball. Uh, a couple dummy runs go through, plays the ball across to Sydney, who ends up getting destroyed by a defender. Uh, almost, <laughs> looked like he, almost looked like he set a pick for, the, for Eli. Eli <laughs> wheels off of that, hits it one time, goal where we, we get that point. Um, I, I thought... I thought he was fantastic. Uh, it, it was the right sub to make by by the coaching staff, and and Xavier performed. Um, nice. Last thing for me on my takes here: this league is much harder day in and day out, all across the board. No oh matter yeah. Who, no matter who we face yeah. in the MPSL. Like last time, Eli scored two goals was in a six to one victory against Duluth, who was the best team in our division to face off against. Now we're facing a team in Peoria where some people are like, well, you know, like it's Peoria. They're, they're not good at sports, but yeah, no they're from where? Here. Yeah, exactly. Um, but like day in and day out. And it goes back to my, my take on your take about how we're never going to know what we're going to face until we face them the first time. Yeah. So um, I, that's exciting. Um, but I, I think that like the guys did well. I mean, it, that, that, that just shows that we, we do have some grit in us, even though we didn't see it against Des Moines in the first game, which sucks because it was a home game and a home opener. But it's an exciting jumping off point for our next match, which uh, you'll talk about in a second. Yeah, so it sounds like John's standout performers to you are, of course, the, the brace man, Eli Goldman. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to hard to pass <laughs> up that. I mean, two shots, two. He had the only two shots of the game for us, and they were both in the net. So, awesome. <laughs> Good and job, also, uh, uh, also and, Xavier. Yeah, I thought Xavier was fantastic, and I, I, I went to like I said, I was at training this week, um, and like he was a standout performer in training too. So really excited about having him. The, the The hard part is that if we had him in earlier, and we had maybe one or two other defenders that didn't happen to like have other commitments last weekend potentially would have been able to like reshuffle things at the MPSL mm-hmm. level. So like, it's all that, like, it's like, it's that it's the, the card game we're playing. Right. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I thought, I, I think like you're going to get your eyes on Xavier Friday. I think he's, he, he's, he is in the side. Um, I think you're going to, I think folks are going to really like him. Yeah. So, I mean, as a, as a fan base who is used to their teams winning and winning, winning well, over the last, you know, three, four, five, six years, three, four years, I'll say, uh, you know, this this is encouraging though to hear John that like, oh, don't forget, we've got guys coming back from school. Like the Xavier guy just shows up, Eli shows up, and and then they make a difference at the USL two level. Don't forget, we got Rory coming back. We've got a lot of guys that that haven't finished school yet that are yeah. abroad. 
that are on their way. And that's going to have a trickle down effect all the way down the team. Right. Mm -hmm. So that like, you've got your ideal USL two roster, perhaps gelling mid June. And that means that the NPSL roster is going to going to start gelling a little bit ahead of that. Um, And, and that's just going to be good news for everyone, hopefully. And, And great for fans, not to say that, you know, fans have been disappointed because we've been playing fun soccer to watch, but it's like, you know, we like to see some, we like to see some dubs once in a while. Speaking yeah, of dubs, speaking of dubs, John, uh, I did I did check. I went to the the research vault. June twenty fifth against Turbo Sports, Jacek Nikowski hits his third goal in the first half in extra time of the first half. Oh, so, so he didn't do it in full time. He did it in extra ah, time. Forty five plus minutes, and he hits yeah. the hat trick. But City was down to ten men after that. Logan oh. Huber red card early in that game against Turbo Sports, if you remember. Uh, we were we were I playing do. down to 10 men after like Dude, three he minutes. he put that guy into another stratosphere when he hit him. <laughs> Holy cow. I can still hear that noise the guy made when he, not only the first noise he made when Lo, Big Logan hit him and then when the guy hit the ground, it was like every ounce of breath in that poor human being was out. Um, uh, yeah. So I, I, I am proven wrong, but we'll, we'll caveat a little bit. So Full strength, first ever first half hat trick in normal time. There we go. Um, <laughs> good job, Luigi. <laughs> yeah, good job, Luigi. Next up from the USL two side, John is another whack. We get another whack at Peoria City as we begin prep week. Did you get your yeah. polo? I didn't order one. I, no, I got mine. I don't. I don't look good in pink. Okay. It's just a. It's just a fact. I don't look good in pink. So prep week starts this Friday, May 20th, 7 p.m. Breck Stadium. Uh, there's going to be no stream. They don't really have the internet, even though it's a very expensive private school. Uh, they don't have internet in the press box at Breck. So stay clued, stay glued to the Match Day Twitter for updates. And, of course, stay tuned on, on this podcast feed because Kyle will have uh, an update, a recording of his of his game day updates uh, posted shortly thereafter. Uh, maybe we'll get some VO VEO video going and, uh, and put that on the team's channel after the, on the team's video, YouTube channel after the match. But uh, you got to be there in person to see it. Our yeah. first, it's our first USL two home game at Breck stadium, 7 PM Friday, May 20th. Be there and wear your polo. Dude. Our, it's a lot of firsts for us. This big week. time big time yeah yeah are you going nate you can be there yeah i have to be there i'm doing <laughs> i'm still oh. the pa guy <laughs> i thought we couldn't even get into the press box I thought, oh no like, no was, like... they basically are like yeah we've got a we've got a karaoke machine you can shout into <laughs> we're used to that from year one at the barnyard are we gonna be mm-hmm. out of a shed can i can i should we just do the commentary from like we did we did back in the old days you can go right ahead yeah that'd be fun let's do it <laughs> Well, thank you for listening to this week's show, friends. And thank you to our wonderful show sponsor, footballstadiumprints.com. If you're in the market for some supremely curated soccer-focused stuff on anything from mugs to T-shirts to prints, uh, head on over to footballstadiumprints.com, fill up your cart. And don't forget, use the code CROWS10 for 10% off. That's CROWS10, the number 10, 10, for 10% off anything you purchase. And remember, all orders ship from the united states so none of those pesky international shipping charges which uh which is nice so things get get here pretty quick 
Uh, as a reminder, Minneapolis City is a 501c3, so consider beefing up that tax-deductible donation ahead of next year through the, a charitable gift to the club that loves to give back. And if you're interested in getting a hold of us, uh, we've made it super simple. You can go through the club Twitter at MPLSCitySC, or you can uh, you can get us through the show at The People's Pitch on Twitter or through email. I haven't had an email in a while. Seems like a good time. Good time for, for some questions. Uh, hint, hint. Resident. Yeah, Bryn, come on, buddy. Uh, we're, 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 thir- we're thirsting for some Bryn content. Um, you can you can hit us up via email, mcfscpodcast at gmail.com. And that is all for this week. I am John. That was Nate. Game week three for the senior side kicks off on Friday as prep week begins. Just Camaros and popped collars, Nate. So get yeah. out the Breck on Friday night. Uh, and why the heck not? Make the trip to Sioux Falls. I'll be there. Join me and, uh, and maybe uh, get booked. Let's paddle some dorks. <laughs> <laughs>